as far as cooking, uh, food, clothing, boots, optics, all of that. Redbeard 10 will save you 10% and anything over $50 will get you free shipping. So go check out those two sites, guys, as you're getting your last minute gear. As we're coming up on on your seasons, if you haven't already started, uh, by the time this posts, I will be out in the Elkwoods. So really excited today to share with you the bows that I'll be taking with me this hunting season and hopefully able to put down some cow and spike and bull elk. So I have multiple tags this season, guys. I'm really excited to go out. I have a couple cow tags. I've got a bull tag. And we've got some other things planned as well. So really excited to share that with you guys. But I want to talk to you about the bows that I'm using. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you already know there's two bows that I've built out uh, by PSE that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. And I, I realized I hadn't talked to you about them yet. And so I probably should uh, share the tools of, of the trade. Um, these things, this at least this Mach 34, which is the carbon. I'll show that to you guys here. 34 inch. Axle to axle. She's a beauty. Gray. I did the gray with the black limbs, but you guys can see all this dust and dirt. And I don't really like to keep things clean until after season because it's just going to get more dusty and beat up. I'm going to walk you through why I chose this bow as my, my first bow uh, or my starter bow, whatever you want to call it. And you should always have a backup bow in the woods. Each bow it serves its own purpose. Um, we're going to start with this, the Mach 34. Guys, let's just start from the cam system. So we'll start from top to bottom. Okay. So that EC2 cam, it is outstanding. And you can see there, right here on the adjustment, you can adjust it from 90 to 85 to 80% let off. I've got mine at 80% let off because I like to have more holding weight. I feel like it, it holds more steady for me. This bow is... Uh, with the 80 pound limbs, I think it's pulling 82, 83 pounds right now. But with those EC2 cams, it is feeling smooth as butter. It really does feel like a 70 pound bow. I've had multiple people that, you know, pull this bow back. And uh, I, you know, I checked with them that they've been shooting 70 pound bows before. And they pull it back and they're like, oh, okay, cool. So it must be about 70, 72 pounds. I'm like, no, it's pulling 82, 83. And they're blown away. So the cam system is super efficient. The EC2 cam system is really smooth. You can see the geometry on it is definitely not as steep as either the S2 or the E2 cam, but it just packs a punch. So my draw length, so on this bow, I'm 28 and a half. I'm anywhere between 28 and 28 and a half, depending on the bow. Um, you guys understand that as well. If you've ever shot different bows, your draw length can change based on a couple different things. But for this one, it's 28 and a half um, and pulling 82 pounds. And with a 400 and we'll say 455, it's like 454 or 460 grain arrow. It's flying out at over 290 feet per second. I'd say that's pretty dang good. I like to stay in that 280, 290 range. Um, especially shooting fixed broadheads. I, I don't like when things plain. I feel like anything over about 300 for me in my personal experience, I know there's some people out there that are like, Oh, I can tune that. I, I understand that. But for me, I've noticed that with fixed broadheads, it tends to plane more after 300 feet per second. It just gets spinning so fast. So, uh, the specs on the bow, I probably should have had this pulled up for you guys. All I know is that bare bow, this thing at a 34 inch axle to axle, this thing is 
less than four pounds. I want to say it's 3.7 pounds. And it's only 0.1 pound heavier than the smaller version of the carbon, which is the Levitate, which is a 32 inch axle to axle. I love the string angle on this thing. I love that it doesn't feel heavy at all. It doesn't feel like a monstrous bow. It's tall. Uh, that's for sure, but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a big bow. When I draw it back, it's smooth. Again, has a lot to do with the geometry of the cams here um, and a couple of other things as well. It's very forgiving. It's got a good brace height on it, and uh, and just it. I mean, it's awesome. Absolutely, have loved shooting this bow since. I'm trying to remember when I got it. It was. Hmm, I don't know it's been it's been quite a few months since I've had it, but I put quite a few arrows through this, and I really enjoy it. On this setup here, I've got the tight spot quiver, so I can pull that off for you guys here. I've got my rip TKOs with different broadheads in here. I'm not going to pop the broadheads out because I've already talked to you about the broadheads I'm using. Um, and of course, guys, take a look at these fletchings. So I've got those first form outdoor fletchings, orange and white, of course. We'll set that off over here. I got the bow hitch right here, which I absolutely love, especially if you're hiking for a long distance, uh, total archery challenges, etc. That hook right here just straps and it'll hang horizontally like this on one of your shoulder straps. Um, I really like that tool itself. Let's see, we'll go into the strings here. So the strings and cables are A3 archery bow strings and cables. They use the, this is the um, lineup that uses the bloodline fiber. So what the bloodline fiber does is it's waxless, which I really appreciate it being waxless, being in Utah, where we get lots of dust and debris. Um, I ran these strings all last season, not on this bow, but on a, on a different bow. And the A3 strings just hold up really nice. They hold up to abuse. Um, and for me, honestly, I want to say it added a pound or two to the actual uh, draw weight, and it added some speed compared to the standard uh, strings that came on this. So, I don't know. It's it's worked really great for me. There's no stretch. I don't get any peep twist here. I don't have any issues with that. Like I said, I've put a ton of arrows through it, and you can see that peep is just straight as can be. Um, I don't know what else to tell you guys about this except I mean it's waxless. It holds its it hold it doesn't stretch and uh, it actually feels like it smooths out the draw even a little bit more. Just you know I don't have exact numbers for you, but it feels like it smooths out the ball the draw just a little bit more. Um, then we'll go into the sight here. So on this bow, I'm going to have the dialed Arxos, and I've got it on the standard mount, which is right here as you can see. So it's basically a dovetail. Um, I've got the three pin. Let's see if I can show that to you guys here. Probably not. I probably can't get it close enough. Sorry, guys. My setup is not necessarily designed for this, but I got the three pin, which is a three pin single stack or single. Yes, three pin stacked. Each pin is not adjustable. They are their own separate pin or they are all in one pin system. Better, better said. And, uh, and I have the tenths instead of the 19th. I just like that smaller, um, the smaller pin. I see it fine. I don't ever have any issues with light getting into them. Um, you know, it seems like the light just 
feeds in just fine. And then here in Utah, anyway, you can still use. So this is the lighted hood that they have um, with the black light right there. So I just absolutely enjoy this site a ton. There's no wobble, no play in it, uh, no up and down. I like the white ring that's on it, and I like the bubble being on the top. I I don't see personally a huge difference in the bubble being on the top versus the bottom. Um, I, I haven't really paid a ton of attention to be honest with you, but I I like it at the top. I mean, it, it does well there. So anyway, then I've got my my pin set up over here on the inside is the the sight tape. And then the dial, of course, on the outside there. Next thing would be the rest. So on this bow, I've got the Epsilon with the direct mount here, which the back of this riser is actually tapped. Let's see if I can show that to you. So it's tapped. So that this will mount. There's a little, a little rail that you put right there directly on the riser so that it doesn't, there's nothing on this side of the bow. It's completely clean. So the hamski will mount directly to the back of the riser right here. PSEs have their bows tapped for that. Uh, so you just get that specific mount from hamski and it's, it's basically a dovetail. I don't think they can call it that for legal reasons, but it's basically a dovetail on the back of your riser. So as long as you like lock tight that in, uh, you're good to go. And uh, I haven't had any issues with it wobbling or moving. Again, I love the Epsilon. It's an awesome rest has been great for me. Um, the total containment in there. And then I put this little rubber thing right here because when I'm walking around with an arrow in my bow, I like to walk around uh, with my thumb, if I can show you this. But I put my thumb over the arrow so it doesn't clank around and then it rests on that rubber right there. So I don't have any issues with it moving on me. Um, great rest, limb-driven rest with the Hamsky Epsilon. And I really like the Trinity when I had that one. Uh, Hamski just makes some really good quality, uh, some good quality rests. And then we're going to move into the grip here. So I've actually got the knock-on UltraView grip for the PSE bows. Uh, the riser, I like shooting directly off the riser. I felt like it was just a little on the thin side for me. And so I've put this on. I like that it gives you a square surface to shoot off of. It's not rounded at all. And it seems to lock my hand up into the bow just in the right spot um, to make it for me anyway uh, worth using so i really like that it seems like a you know a little piece of plastic whatever but just the way that the angle is set on it that uv um i guess the grip is uh it, it just it adds an, enough that i i like it i'm going to keep it on it's got this little textured knock-on symbols right here and uh, just screws in each riser from PSE is tapped for that as well. So it just screws into the side of the riser. Um, stabilizers. So on here, you can see the mounts. I took them off because, again, I'm traveling. Uh, but you got the front QD mount, which is angled down. And I've got the back mount here. And what I'm running are a 12 and an 8 inch Quattro stabilizers. So these are the Vulcan Pros. I've got Redbeard Outdoors right there, symbol on it. This is the shock dampener from PSE. I just threw it on the end of the stabilizer. I like the way it feels. Um, and then, the, of course, the QD is just real easy to do. So you just pop it in here. And I like ha having that angle down on all of my 
stabilizers that I run. But you can see it's just angled slightly down, just like that. All right. Um, what else is there to talk about on this bow? I don't, I mean, guys, honestly, when you get to flagship level bows, and then you get to carbon, um, a big deal with this Mach 34 is the way that they lay the carbon uh, layer by layer, but also it's all done in the United States. Uh, this is a completely USA made bow. US made right there. And I I really like supporting companies that make things in the US. I know it's hard to do. I know, you know, a lot of companies don't do it that are still amazing companies, are great people, awesome individuals, great companies and great products. But I like supporting US made when I can. So this bow has done it for me and uh hopefully we'll knock down at least one elk this season. So just get another view here. You see how dirty and nasty that <laughs> nice and dusty. But there you go, guys. There's my Mach 34. That's going to be my go-to bow, number one starter bow for this year. Okay. Now let's talk about my backup bow. My backup bow is an outstanding bow as well. And, uh, it was really hard for me to decide which one I wanted to go with as my number one. But um, I'll be honest with you, I know that Mach 34 is the right choice. So let's talk about backup bows, why it's important. Yes, it's, it's important to know what you're doing in the backcountry when you're out hunting, making sure that you know what you're doing as far as uh, the minor adjustments that may need to be made, such as, you know, a new D-loop, if you need a new D-loop, um, things along those lines, repairing, you know, if you have a cable-driven rest, being able to repair that in the field is a big deal. Uh, being able to fix your your rest, um, not even just the cable portion or the, uh, the limb cable portion, but also uh, being able to mess with your rest and make sure that you're getting good arrow flight. Uh, whether it be with your broadheads or with your field points when you're in the field, it's always good to shoot your bow, especially if you're going from low to high elevation or high to low elevation. Make sure you get your marks, get everything set up there. So this is my backup bow, and it's going to look a lot cleaner than my starter bow because I haven't shot it nearly as much um, because I got it afterwards. But here is the Omen, basically the Omen 2.0. And it is gorgeous. On this one, I went with the red and black theme to match the omen. And I really like it. So let's start from the top again. We've got the EC2 cams. Same thing, guys. Great geometry. Awesome. Uh, you know, just great efficiency out of this bow. Uh, this one's pulling about 80 pounds, but the omen is known to be the speed bow. And I can tell you with the same weight arrow and the same and this one's actually pulling two pounds less than my Mach 34. It feels just as smooth, but this the arrows are flying out of this at 308 or three. I was about 20 um it's almost 20 feet per second faster than my Mach 34. The same arrow. So that's pretty crazy to me. I'm really excited to get this one in the field and I may just pull this one out just to use it and, and not have it as my backup bow because I mean, it just looks awesome. I love that red and black look. 
Uh, I went with the same strings, A3 archery bow strings. Uh, he did a cool little custom thing for, for me here, which I very much appreciate. Um, if you can see those, I don't know. But he put my symbol right there on the speed knocks, which is awesome. Um, so red and black strings, A3 archery bow strings. Uh, on this one, I just barely got the UV sight, so I've still got, I need to put a sight tape on this. But, and I'll be doing a review on the UV sight, the slider sight. It is a three pin with an oh crap pin or a tack pin at the bottom there. Um, it's very sturdy, fits amazing. I'll go, like I said, in full in depth on that one uh, here shortly in the next review or two. But we got the UV slider on the pick rail mount. Something about PSE bows, guys. Let me get that sight out of my face here. So this pick mount, what you'll notice if you've ever seen a PSE bow uh, with a pick mount is that their new pick mount system is actually offset. So a lot of pick mounts are directly lined up with the riser, which nothing wrong with that really. Um, the only thing that people were noticing, especially with mount with uh, sites that mount directly to the pick mount, is that they weren't getting enough windage in their sites. Most site companies, if not all of them, have already fixed that. They figured that one out, um, and they've made sure to you know explain how to use their their blocks that you put into their sites so that you can make sure that you get the right amount of windage, etc. Um, and that's all good, you know, that's great. But what PSE did that's different with the pick mount is they've offset it so that you still have a good amount of adjustment in your windage with or without these extra, you know, these add-ons that you have to put on some sites to be able to get enough windage with the pick system. Uh, I haven't noticed any issues with when I had, so on this bow, originally I had a uh, dialed Arxos as well with the same head and here, the UV head um, and the dialed Arxos rail and didn't have any issues with enough windage play. And uh, of course, with this one, definitely don't have enough issues either or any issue, sorry, either with the uh, left and right with the windage. So there you go. Now moving our way down here, I've got this rest. So I've never done a cable driven rest before, guys. This is the AAE Prophecy. And with the AAE Prophecy, this little piece right here is awesome. So that you've seen footballs, you've seen clamps and things like that that go on to the cables. My biggest fear of cable driven rests was that I wouldn't be able to fix it in the field. With a limb driven rest, if this cord gets cut, you can just put another basically long D loop cord, tie it to your limb, and you're good to go. You got your timing. With this, the timing takes a little bit more to mess with. Here's what's awesome about this one though. This little piece right here actually goes into the cable. So you see the cable goes on either side. It's a wedge is what they call it. And if you ever need to replace that cable, this piece right here, you just take an Allen, unscrew that, and you put the cable in, feed it through there, and you're good to go. You don't have to press it. You don't have to uh, get the, you know, worry about the timing and all of this other stuff that comes along with cable-driven rest, but mainly the pressing of the bow to be able to get through the cable so that you can put the cord in there as it being a cable-driven rest. I don't have that issue with this one. So I'm really excited about it. I really am. Uh, I've shot it. it the 
timing is outstanding. Um, I did have to add, you do have to add one thing, you know, with a cable driven rest, and that's just this right here. Okay. You need to just add that to your shop process. That's it. Um, other than that, I haven't noticed any, and that's not an issue. So I haven't noticed any issues with this cable driven rest. I absolutely love it. The timing's awesome. Uh, here, the system that they have is not directly mounted to the back of the riser, but it's mounted on the side. And Nick Fisher, which I've, I've recorded a podcast with him, and he goes into depth on that as well as to why he doesn't like the idea of mounting it to the back of a bow. He loves to do torque tuning. He loves to make sure that you have as much adjustment as possible. And that's definitely coming more from the target side of things, but he likes to apply that to the hunting side of things, which I think is awesome. So uh, with, with that being said, just understand that you're not going to get the slim profile of some other rests out there, but you're going to get a lot more adjustability out of this one. This thing is beefy. Um, I mean, I haven't run it in the mountains yet, so I can't say bomb proof, but I trust Nick and Nick Fisher over at AAE and what they're doing there. He has killed way more animals than I have, and uh, he has put way more arrows through bows than I have. So I trust his opinion, and he knows what he's doing. So if you're in the market for cable-driven rest, I would definitely check out the Prophecy. I know the cool thing right now is to get that dovetail-mounted uh, rest to the back of your bow if you're doing cable-driven. I'm telling you, the AEE Prophecy is something that you need to take a look at because it has been outstanding for me up to this point. Um, here we go. Okay, so next we have the Mule Stabilizer, this funky looking stabilizer here that's definitely different than anything else on the market. I did a review or a uh, podcast with Danny uh, from the Aim for the Pass-Through. Aim for the Pass-Through is the company that makes the Mule and the whole premise behind the Mule is that you can take that wedge there and put it right in your arm right there. And for bows that are, for me anyway, over 30 inches, where most bows nowadays are a little top heavy, or uh, I guess they're taller on the top end. They tend to tip forward when you're carrying them in the mountain. So what that rest does is allow you to balance it on your arm and not let the bow tip forward, which makes it more comfortable when you're hiking through the mountains. So I've loved it so far. Um, I haven't had any issues with it. I love the dampening. I love the uh, carrying your bow with it. So that's an awesome stabilizer option if you're in the market for a new stabilizer. Definitely check out the mule. This is the 10 inch. The 10 inch seems to fit my arm dang near perfect. Um, I wouldn't go any longer. And, uh, and then, of course, I've got the shock dampener here. From That comes standard on PSE bows, but it's basically just, I mean, it's a shock dampener on the bow. And then here on the back bar, I've got the AAE gripper for the back bar mount. And I've got an 8-inch AAE bar, mountain series, super thin, very good at dampening. And I've just really enjoyed shooting this bar setup, uh, to be honest with you. It is outstanding. I ran this bar right here. On the bottom, it didn't do as well carrying the bow, so I moved it up here. If it wasn't for the usage of this V right here, I would have my stabilizer mounted down here because I like the weight a little bit lower. But this Mountain Series stabilizer, guys, it's one of the thinnest bars on the market. Definitely do an amazing job over AE with these bars. Uh, the dampening is just outstanding. There's no residual vibration. They're quiet. 
they're thin and they just they do an outstanding job so uh there's that guys i don't have much else to say other than this baby right here is a speed demon and if you're looking for speed uh out of a 33 oh that's the other thing i didn't say so this is a 33 inch ata bow so axle to axle 33 inches and i'm getting those crazy speeds out of this bow it just blows my mind um and then i'm actually pulling a 28 inch draw on this bow so 28 inch draw two pounds less than my mach 34 and i'm getting almost 20 feet per second faster out of the same arrow on this bow that's ridiculous that's crazy fast and of course, if you don't want to do the pick mount on the front here, you can always do it on the side. Uh, they do have the standard mounting holes for your regular sights. If you just swap, you're just buying a new bow and swapping all the accessories over, it will work on this bow, so don't be worried about that. Um, but man, just looks good, functions really well, and I'm really excited to have this as my backup bow. And potentially some days I'll take this out as my number one bow. We'll see. But with that being said, guys, these are the bows that I'm using this archery season, this setups. Uh, if you have any questions about them, drop them in the comments down below. I really appreciate the questions, always starting conversations uh, and, and just hearing from you what you have to say. That's really what it's all about. Um, I, I really want to bring these gear reviews to you just as if we're sitting face to face, uh, you know, as you're one of my buddies and I just want to chat with you about gear that I'm excited about, why I like it and, um, how I've messed around with it. So that being said, guys, thanks so much for, for tuning in here to the podcast. Really, really appreciate you. If you haven't yet smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. That helps more than you know, especially if you don't have the opportunity to support monetarily, whether that be purchasing any of the items down below, supporting those companies, which some of them I do get a kickback from. Some of them I honestly don't. And I just want to provide you with a good discount code. Um, if you don't have the ability to do that, to go through and support monetarily, the review and the like and subscribe, all of those things, the interactions help more than you know. So really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Look forward to having you over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and the First Form Outdoors Facebook group. You guys have an amazing weekend. Good luck out there to anyone that's already started hunting. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.